It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Looking, throwing, in the back of the end zone, touchdown, Thielen! Isaiah Crowell on the backfield as Cleveland gives to Crowell, lost the football, covered by the Vikings, Anthony Harris! And here is Jarek McKinnon, practically untouched to the end zone for the touchdown. Lots and lots of time. End zone. Leaping grab by Kyle Rudolph. Touchdown. Four weeks ago, I met with the captains, and they told me, they said, hey, we have to emphasize that we need to be 6-2 and two at the bye. Okay? We need to be 6-2 and two at the bye. And we are. Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network Victory Monday, our 300th episode of Locked On Vikings Great Milestone, and the Vikings reached the bye week milestone with a six and two record. But first, Sage, did you stay up until all hours of the night watching the World Series last night? No, uh, but I wish I had. Obviously, I woke up this morning. It sounds like it was one of the greatest games in World Series history, at least recent. World Series history. They've had a couple of them here, and I've missed both of them. So I'm I'm an old man now. I go to bed usually uh, before 11 o'clock. So I was not staying up till till midnight. Uh, I heard that the score was 12-12 at the stroke of midnight last night uh, before the Astros pulled it off. Yes, uh, Astros won at bottom of the tenth. It was an exhausting game to watch, and it got to the point for me where I'm watching on my phone in bed and like basically trying to close my eyes during commercial breaks because it was it was a five-and-a-half-hour game. It was long, but it was incredible to watch. Home runs galore. Uh, some people are saying that the baseballs are doctored so that there are more home runs. Uh, there's been some articles written about that. I don't know. But if that's the case, if this is the price we pay for you know juiced baseballs, I'll take it because that was pretty you know, unbelievable last night. If you like the, baseball. The, the tweet of the night I did see this morning was that Jose Canseco said something about uh, the balls have more juice in them than the balls in his pants or something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, check it out. Jose Canseco just getting after it on Twitter. Oh, my goodness. that I did not expect that. Wow. Jose. Yeah, well, I think he's, he's done a little juice in his uh, playing career as well. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, uh the Minnesota Vikings got the win yesterday over the Cleveland Browns, 33-16. to You know, the final score is certainly not indicative of the scare that Minnesota experienced in that one. It was 16-15 Browns in the third quarter, and I think all Vikings fans were already preparing to face the music, to go come back from London with egg on their face, losing to a plucky Cleveland Browns team. And, you know, it, it started out – exactly how you would have scripted that game for Cleveland, a turnover and a quick touchdown. And just like that, the Vikings were chasing them. Another slow start for the offense, a slow start for Keenum. And I think I was flashing back to our show on Friday where I said, on paper, you can't lose this game. And then you were sort of, you know, guarded. And it almost looked like Cleveland was going to pull this thing off. Well, we were joking around on Friday that this is the type of game that the Vikings – 
they have no business losing. And then in the history of the Vikings, you would think, yeah, they'll probably lose this game. But uh, they did pull it out. Uh, they played much better in the fourth quarter. It was sort of one of those games where they sort of fought through the adversity uh, of not playing great football for the first two and a half quarters. And they just really stepped it up in the fourth quarter and, and you know, really just sort of took the game. And, you know, the better team won. Uh, the team with a better roster, the team with better coaching staff, the team with the better quarterback uh, won this football game. And a lot of NFL games are like this. There's sort of a, you know, if it's a 15-round boxing match, you know, for the first about 10 rounds or so, uh, you know, both sides are sort of trying to figure each other out and don't want to make the big mistake. And and uh, and there's some good and bad in those first three quarters. But usually uh, in that fourth quarter, the better team rises to the occasion, and the Vikings did that. And, and that's... Uh, it's very exciting to be 6-2 and two and leading the NFC North. Maybe a borderline hot take. Adam Thielen had another great game yesterday. Five catches, 98 yards, a touchdown. He's now got four games this year of 95 yards or more. I'm going to go out and say it. I think Adam Thielen might be the best receiver on this team. And I, I realize it's easy to say when Stephon Diggs is less than 100%, hasn't played a couple weeks. Yesterday was maybe a little limited, but the consistency with, with which Adam Thielen plays and his ability to get downfield and continuously stretch the field and adjust to balls in the air and adjust to balls along the sideline keeps blowing me away. And he's got five catches now in every single game this season, five catches or more, I should say. He doesn't take a game off. And with Diggs limited because of this groin issue, Thielen has made this passing game continue to play at a high level. And, and honestly, I'm starting to think that Thielen might be 1A and Diggs might be 1B. Well, you're right. I mean, Stephon Diggs is more of the playmaker. Uh, and, and Thielen, you know, Adam Thielen's the type of kid that makes you hate the combine, right? And, and when the NFL season ends uh, and the Super Bowl is over, the combine is not long after, a couple of weeks later, and we're going to be looking at all these guys and how fast did they run and how they look in these drills and whatever. Adam Thielen just knows how to get open, whether it's one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, he's running some sort of uh, deep out route or comeback uh, or curl route, uh, or whether they put him in the slot and he just sort of knows how to get open versus tight man coverage. Or what I think he's really good at is these sort of deep crossing routes. And, and you see him, yeah, every team runs them. They're usually 15, 20, maybe 25 yards coming from one side of the formation to the other on a deep crossing route or a far cross is what they call it in the West Coast offense. He has a great feel for the game, a great feel for where the, where the green grass uh, is and, and where the holes are uh, versus zone. And he has, he's got a great ability to get away from, from coverage versus man. And then the actual point of, of no return when the ball is in the air, he comes down with it. Uh, he's got great hands. He's got great uh, awareness. And uh, he's becoming a really good football player. And as you said, you know, possibly the best uh, Vikings receiver on this roster. Diggs is a more of a playmaker. You know, when the ball gets in Diggs' hands, he can take it, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards uh, after he catches it. Uh, Adam's really not that type of player. Uh, but, you know, e either way, it seems like with Thielen, uh, whether it's uh, Bradford at quarterback, uh, whether it's Keenum at quarterback, uh, whether it's Teddy at quarterback, he has a, the ability to have a, sort of a great rapport uh, with his quarterback, and they, he's very dependable. And uh, I tell you, is. When, you, when you're the one who's throwing the football, knowing, what's, knowing what you're going to get on the other side of that connection is very important. This team has a ton of faith, uh, and these quarterbacks have a ton of faith in, in, uh, in Adam Thielen. Yeah, it's huge. And a couple of additional thoughts on that. I might 
buy into the argument that says a healthy digs might be just a, a touch better than a healthy feeling, but it's gotten to the point now where we're three years into Diggs career and he's had these little nagging injuries every single year that have slowed him down. And that becomes part of the equation. When you think of who you want to, you know, s- construct this offense around long-term and secondly, Thielen is getting the best coverage right now. I think w- when Diggs was out, Thielen was getting most of the attention, and he was still putting up numbers. So I think he's proving that he can go up against the best cornerback or the the best, you know, the double teams, and he can still find a way to get open. He's second in the league right now in pat and receiving yards. Uh, Antonio Brown is blowing everybody away, but of that second group, Thielen leads them. He's ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. He's ahead of AJ Green. He's ahead of Brandon Cooks, and he's now on pace for 1,254 yards. That would be one of the greatest. Vikings receiving season since Randy Moss. So can't wait to see what what he does the rest of this year. Hopefully he stays durable. He plays the next eight games, and we really see what he can produce in a full 16-game season. But how about the guy passing to him, Case Keenum? You made a great point to me before the show about the way Keenum continues to manipulate the pocket. You know, he had still had 16 incompletions yesterday, but the way he makes plays by extending them with his legs continues to be the most underrated facet of his game. Well, if you go back and just watch uh, a lot of the highlights from this game, uh, you know, you're going to get those, you know, bigger plays, the bigger passing plays, uh, you know, whether it's uh, the, the touchdown to, to Thielen uh, and, and multiple other plays, they're almost never on schedule. Now, when I, mean, when I say that, I mean, it's not like uh, a case goes back and he, you know, fakes it to the running back, hitches one time, steps up in the pocket uh, on that first hitch or, or whatever, and in, in perfect timing, throws the ball to a wide-open uh, Vikings player. That's how you design things. You hope things go that way. But the game rarely is played that way. Uh, if you look at those highlights, nearly every single play, he has taken sort of a second hitch or, or moving up in the pocket a little bit uh, or moving out of the pocket a little bit or getting out of the pocket uh, or, 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 or getting away from a, a defensive lineman uh, and taking maybe a third fourth hitch, but he's buying time with his with his legs and then making a really accurate throw to an open player. Allows those guys to get downfield further, allows those guys to to get open. Uh, you know, def- defenses in particular versus zone defenses, they only can cover for so long. They're really dependent on a pass rush. But when you have a quarterback who's who's uh, staying out of the way of those pass rushers and buying time, which Keenum's doing, guys seem to be open. And uh, it's 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 hard to if you go back and think uh, on a lot of these plays, if Sam Bradford was in there, would that have play happened? And that's what I kept doing yesterday. I was going back and watching a lot of these highlights. Would have Sam Bradford made that play? And a lot of them I'd have to say no. I mean, can he make the throw? Yes. Uh, but it's that little uh, extra time that he buys inside and outside the pocket that, uh, that, that Keenum, I think, almost gives this team an advantage right now uh, at the quarterback position. So he is playing extremely well. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, hats off to... Uh, the, uh, the Viking, Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator. Hats off to my man, Kevin Stefanski, uh, the quarterback coach. Kevin's been there for a long time. They're getting some very good quarterback play. Uh, what was sort of an afterthought, their backup quarterback, Case Keenum. It's fun to look at the stats now because you can figure out the pace so easily because you just multiply by two. Keenum, you know, and he's only played about six and a half of the eight games, but he's on pace for or close to 3,500 yards this year. Jarek McKinnon had another great game yesterday. And you know what? We should talk about McKinnon a little little more in depth because 
the way he is expanding their passing game is really outstanding. He's got 28 receptions. That's third on the team. He's behind Thielen. He's behind Rudolph. He's ahead of Diggs. He has more receptions than Stefan Diggs this year for over 200 yards. You know, he had some important runs yesterday, too, on the ground when they were stifling uh, Latavius Murray. They brought in McKinnon. They got to the edge a little bit, and they seemed to open things up with Jarek in the run game. He had 122 yards from scrimmage yesterday. It just creates this varied look where you have a running back that can get out in space. And the interesting thing from the post-game press conference was Mike Zimmer said that Pat Shermer identified sort of a, a gap in the Browns' defense where the check down was going to be open more often. So he told Case, don't be hesitant to throw to Jarek here. And Jarek went off for four receptions of 10 or more yards in that game. He had 72 passing yards in the game. That's a huge element to this offense suddenly. He is. I wonder if, you know, Jarek McKinnon sort of when he saw uh, Dalvin Cook and all the things that Cook was doing for this team, he wasn't just playing tailback uh, and, and, and running the ball. Uh, he, 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 was, he was catching the ball on screens. He was catching the ball uh, out of the backfield. Um, you know, he, I think he sort of made, and I don't, uh, and I don't think that McKinnon ha- had seen that earlier in his career, other backs doing multiple things, really, you know, sort of a feature three down back, you know, AP was never that type of guy. Um, and the other running backs seem like they had in the roster the last, the last couple of years were either guys that just ran the ball or guys that were, you know, more like him. So he, he is now putting a whole package together. Uh, he's running the ball extremely well and he's doing all those things out of the backfield. You know, he's, he's, he's a, he's sort of that X factor type of back. He's, he's a running back that I would think the new England Patriots would absolutely love. Uh, he runs the ball well, but man, he could be a, a total nightmare as far as a mismatch on a linebacker or on a safety. Uh, he's got a lot of juice. He's almost like a little slot receiver, uh, and, and he can beat people in the past too. So uh, yeah, I remember Ladanian Tomlinson, you know, was was obviously a, a Hall of Famer, but I, early in his career, he had over a hundred catches, uh, I believe, and led and led the San Diego Chargers in receptions uh, one year. So the running backs are very, very important when everyone's doubling down the field. The running back ends up being the guy who's over the ball, uh, who, who has a one-on-one matchup with, say, a, a Mike or Will linebacker. Uh, and that's a lot of times the guy you have to go with when everyone else is being doubled. That, run, that running back has to win, and McKinnon is getting the job done. His numbers aren't eye-popping when you look at them in terms of rushing versus receiving, but when you add them up, you know, he's got 490 yards from scrimmage, which just puts him on pace for just about 1,000. And that would be a, an outstanding year in lieu of the star Dalvin Cook going down. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and uh, respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. 
from an overarching standpoint, you know, I'm getting some kind people reminding me on Twitter that my seven and nine season prediction is not looking very good right now for the Minnesota Vikings. And I believe you picked eight and eight this year. Both, <laughs> both of our predictions are, are looking a little bit in trouble. And, and that's a good thing. I, I'm okay with that because I feel like, uh, you know, we're, 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 I, we're sort of homers and you, you generally always, you know, you think they're going to, you hope they're going to win 11 games or 12 games. Then you get let down more often than not. Right. That's just the way it is. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we tried to bring a more realistic view to it from what we saw in the preseason. We did not see the Vikings putting up 33 points uh, in very many games this year in the preseason. The offense looked really, really bad. And uh, but that has that has really changed once this whole offensive line has finally all worked together. And and is and I think, you know, Case Keenum has added an extra element to this offensive team. So do you care to amend your prediction now that we've reached the halfway point of the season? It's kind of a good time to do it. I put out on Twitter that I'm officially amending mine. I do think they're going to win more than one game in the second half of the season. I think the Vikings win the rest of their home games. I really do. And that puts them at nine. And then you got five road games. Of their five road games, I think they can be expected to probably win two of those at least. That puts them at 11. Um, I'm going to go 11 and five for the Vikings. They do have a lot of road games, right? Yeah. The fans, for the fans out there, they play at Washington their next game, then they're home. And then they have three in a row, which really does not happen uh, very often. They have three road games uh, in a row. Then they're home for one uh, versus the Bengals at Packers and then home versus the Bears to finish out the season. So, I see them winning half of those games, um, uh, m- you know, maybe more. So, um, I'm well. I, I'm gonna I guess I go with ten and six. I'm gonna go with a ten and six uh, uh, record. So I, I think I think they can win more, um, but I'm gonna try to be realistic and say they're gonna win half of those games. So there's some good teams in there. I mean, uh, I think that they should beat Washington, even though it's at Washington. The Rams are a very good football team, much improved. The Lions are obviously good to play, but at at uh, Detroit at Atlanta, you know, at Carolina, those are three really good teams. The Bengals, they should beat at home. The Packers, I believe, they should beat in Green Bay. And then, you know, the Bears, the last game of the year. So uh, there, there is a tough uh, – th- those three road games are not at Cleveland or, uh, or, or at us, you know, the L.A. Chargers. Those are mm-hmm. three really good playoff-caliber football teams they got to go on the road. So I see them going – winning four, maybe five games the rest of the year, winning, winning 10 or 11. So I'm going to go with 10 and 6. And we've now put the Vikings on double-digit wins. I guarantee you there will still be people on Twitter who'd say we're shortchanging them, that it should be 13-3. and three. It should be 14-2. and two. Um, Well, maybe they, maybe they should be. Maybe they will be. That would be great. I, I hope every year that we do this that the Vikings uh, uh, over, uh, overtake our, uh, our estimate of, of wins, wins, whether we say it's 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12. Uh, I hope they we undercut them every single time. That would be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Browns' schedule right now. I think they get a win at some point. I mean, they, they've come close a number of times. They played with the Vikings for about two and a half quarters. They've got Jacksonville, Cincinnati, the Chargers, the Packers without Rodgers, the Ravens, the Bears. They've got a bunch of winnable games in the second half. There's no way they lose all of them. <laughs> you know what really sucks uh, as as a media as a media person is that I go on these radio shows uh, throughout this week. I do it every week, and I have to have sort of questions answered about all the teams of the NFL. So despite the fact that I have no interest in even really paying attention to the Cleveland Browns the rest of the year, I have to somehow 
I uh, have an idea of what the heck is going on with that football team. They're a bad football team. Uh, they got issues all over the place. It looks like it, it's going to be Hugh Jackson's last year there. It's been a disaster. Uh, they're getting tons of heat for passing on Deshaun Watson, passing on Carson Wentz. Uh, they've got all these draft picks, but they've got, again, no quarterback, no weapons, really not much of anything on that team yet. I have to cover them a little bit to have an idea what the heck is going on with them. So, uh, you know, that team was a disaster, and, and thank goodness the Vikings you know, took care of business in the fourth quarter uh, and came out with a win. You saw the real Cleveland Browns emerge there late when they had about, I think, three defensive penalties on one of the Vikings' touchdown drives, and then they had another pass interference that set them up at the one-yard line. Uh, that's how Minnesota basically went ahead in that game. So they only had, I think, 99 total yards in the second half before their their final garbage time drive. Deshaun Kaiser is just not accurate enough right now, and it's a stark contrast from Deshaun Watson, which, by the way, was a stellar football game. I don't know if you saw highlights from that one, but Texans-Seahawks yesterday was as good as it gets from an offensive standpoint. Last team to have the ball won. Yeah, it was a lot of people have it as the best game in the NFL this year, uh, you know, so far, you know, two quarterbacks, uh, one who is a superstar, Russell Wilson, and one and Deshaun Watson, who is seems like every uh, game is 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 becoming a a superstar. So, uh, sort of the future of the NFL in that football game, uh, two defensive. You know, you look back or again preseason, you go, okay, who are really good defenses? The Texans uh, and Seattle Seahawks, two would probably top five defenses in the league, top 10 at the very worst. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, both quarterbacks throwing for over 400 yards in that football game, almost a thousand yards passing, uh, in that game yesterday, absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, in, in the game of the year so far in the league. Yep. Seahawks got the win 41 38. And speaking of the league at large, our game on Friday's show was a big hit. People loved it. And I think we're going to make it a permanent staple where we put a percentage chance that the teams are going to win, and then we get that many points to our name. So you went 4-0. Again, you've really picked up the pace. Overall record this season, you're now at 21-11. and I'm at 20-12, and so you've taken the lead. But in terms of our new point system, you notched 300 points in the very first week. You had Dallas, 65%. You had Pittsburgh, 65%. The Saints at 80%, and the Vikings at 90%. For a total of 300. That's our that's our confidence meter, right. basically, right? Right. Out of 100, what percentage chance do they have of winning? I had Dallas 75, Detroit 30, so I lose 30 points. I had a very soft instinct about the Lions, wasn't very confident, probably should have gone with the Steelers, uh, but I got that wrong. I had Saints 90, Vikings 95, so my numbers were good on the games I got right, but I lost 30 on Detroit, so I wind up with 230. So it's 300 to 230 after one week. You know what, though? It, the game you lost on is the one you had the least. I, was, I mean, it's, it's, it's like when you take a bet on a penny stock. At least it's a penny stock and not your entire portfolio. Exactly, yeah. Glad I didn't have a 90 on that game. Uh, <laughs> Detroit made some questionable cons, uh, decisions in that one. I don't know if you saw that at all, but uh, they had bad luck with fourth downs. They, they didn't go for it on fourth and goal at the one. Then they kicked a field goal, fourth and goal at the one, and then they missed on a fourth and goal from the six. Um, they just had a lot of bad luck in the red zone yesterday. Well, the this division is you really a, a looking in, looking at a, a a two team race. I believe I think it's going to be Detroit and Minnesota with the Vikings currently uh, with with the edge right now. Yeah, we'll have to see what Green Bay uh, as they sort of you know try to figure themselves out going forward. And Chicago is a much improved football team 
but uh, I still don't think they're you know going to win eight games. So uh, I think they're going to be much better in the future. I like what Trubisky's doing. I love their running backs. Uh, Zach Miller, the tight end who dislocated his knee yesterday, and I read this morning they're they're actually trying to save his leg. Yeah. Um, actually lives right down the street from me. Lives about a half a mile from me uh, here in Omaha. He's an Omaha guy who who ran the option as a quarterback at University of Nebraska Omaha. Uh, and played a little sort of tight end slash quarterback, and uh, and you know sort of has had a really long, um, has really worked his way up uh, to be a become a really good tight end for the Chicago Bears, and he's with a brutal injury yesterday. So you know thoughts with him, and and uh, hopefully he can come back from that. Yeah, you can say that again. That and I was shocked when I read that news this morning, and that's a wake up call for anyone who's followed the Teddy Bridgewater saga. It's the same injury. It's a dislocated knee, and Teddy was fortunate to, you know, a combination of maybe just the nature of that particular dislocation and the way it was handled by trainers. He didn't have arterial or nerve damage. The same can't be said, unfortunately, for Zach Miller. They're trying to get vascular surgeons in there to make sure the artery stays intact. And who cares about playing at this point, just walking again and keeping those legs intact. So, yeah, thinking about Zach Miller for sure. Yeah, uh, the fine line that NFL players, you know, every single day you go out there on the practice field or the game field could be your last play every single time. Uh, and so you really have to relish every every day you get out there and, and stay healthy. And, and it seems like every week there's somebody that, uh, you know, has a devastating injury. It's just the way that the game is played. It's a very physical, very violent uh, sport. And uh, hopefully he comes back from that and, and everything is fine. Indeed. Good show today, Sage. We will talk to you again on Wednesday. We'll have some uh, some bye week talkers. Hopefully we get some news out of Winter Park tomorrow as they uh, kind of send the players off and Mike Zimmer addresses the media. And then uh, we will move forward into the second half of the Viking season. Sounds good. He's Sage. I'm Sam. It's Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. Win a subscription to Pro Football Focus by leaving a review on iTunes along with your Twitter handle, a chance to win. PFF Signature Stats. Have a good day, everybody. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked on Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked on Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.